Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Jen. And I'm Amanda. And And you're you're listening listening to Fathomless. gonna be taking a little breaky break from Bridgewater Triangle stuff. Yeah, because it's Halloween. It's Halloween. This is gonna this come is out Halloween. the day before. Halloween. Yes. It's gonna come out the day before Halloween. Um, so what is Halloween without a Halloween moida? A little bit of moida. Um, so yeah, I I'm just gonna start. Yeah, okay. Just dive right into so it. So last I'm ready. Halloween we covered the Martha Moxley murder. We did with the Kennedy cousins. Yeah. So if you don't know that one, that happened in Connecticut back in the 70s. Um, it's one of our first handful of episodes. Go back, listen. Don't mind the audio. But it's a great fucking episode. Not yeah. that nothing about this is great, but. You're going to be like, it's a great murder. No. Um, <laughs> it's not. No, it's one murder. of those episodes that we've done where I still constantly think about yeah. that case because it's unsolved. They definitely did something to her. Quote, unsolved. Yeah. Um. So this year, um, this none of the murders have to do with Halloween itself. It's not like a Halloween prank gone wrong. It just yeah. so happens just to happen, happen on Halloween. Um. So our case begins in the outskirts of Columbus in Martin, Ohio. Um, and this case, well, there is not a shit ton of coverage on it. I, I got my, most of my information just from listening to other podcasts. Okay. And then just kind of got what I could from articles and like, yeah. what was out there. It's, I don't understand why it wasn't covered more. Cause once you hear it, you're going to be like, holy fuck. Like, all right. Um, so Susan and William. Call him Bill Lisk or Liskey. I've heard both. Okay. L I S K E. S K E. Probably Lisk. Yep. So we're gonna. I'm gonna say Lisk because that's how I read it. It might be Liskey. Don't don't come at me. Um. So on the outskirts of Columbus, like I said, in Martin, Ohio, Susan and Bill Liskey they got married in 2001. They settled in a home in a very rural rural area. Rural. I can never say that one right. Um. Area of Columbus, sitting on about 100 acres of land. Damn. Yeah. So no neighbors, just peace and land. Goals. Yes. So Susan had two children from her previous marriage, um, and these were her sons, Devin and Derek. Okay. William also had a son from a a previous marriage, and his name was um, William Jr., but they called him BJ. Okay. So, the relationship between Susan's boys and their stepfather, Bill, was decent. I mean, as any, like, relationship between, like, a stepdad and a stepson Can gets, be. I get. Um, but, like, no complaints, really. All right. Um, like, me, I lucked out in the stepdad department. Yeah. So. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike. Um, my favorite human. Um, but BJ had some like less than feelings about his new family, specifically right. his new stepmother Susan. I mean, it happens. It happens. But we learn a little bit about BJ. 
So, but this obviously resulted in some tension in the household. And this put William in a position where multiple times where he felt that like he had to choose between his his wife wife and and the the son, his new wife and his son, which is like, how do you, it's It's two different, very different relationships. Yeah. It's two people that you love and care about very much, but in very different ways. And they're very important people in your lives. Like, you don't want to disappoint or hurt either one of them. Especially the way BJ acts. It's like. Yeah. Like, I'm oh like, I, you can't see my hand gestures, but I'm just like, eh, like up and down, back and forth. Yeah. So um, we're just going to fast forward on the evening of Sunday, October 31st, 2010. Oh, so shit. not that long ago. Yeah. 16 year old Devin Griffin is returning home from church where he sings in the church choir. He just spent the weekend at his dad's house. Okay. Um, and upon returning to his mother's house, he didn't know at the time, but he would walk in on something later that was straight out of a horror movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, Devin came home from church. He went straight to his room to play video games. Remember, he's Typical a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. He's not 2010. looking out for his mom. He's, he's probably trying to avoid his parents. Yeah. He's he's going to play fucking like modern warfare. Yeah, so he's just going to go shut himself in his room and play his video games. But early afternoon rolls around and Devin realizes that he hasn't heard any of his family members walking around yet. He's like, it's like 1.30. Like, my mom definitely yeah, like, would be up by Yeah, like now. someone should be doing something. Yeah. Like, why, why do I hear nobody downstairs? He'd actually stopped in earlier that morning around 9.30 to grab his church clothes and only briefly saw his stepbrother BJ while running out the door. Um, And I totally understand that. I grew up with divorced parents. Their houses yeah. were 10 minutes apart. I had rooms at both houses. I'd be like, oh, I got to stop at mom's house real quick grab this and then go back yeah. here and go and back just there. run in, go to your yeah. room, grab something and leave. Yep. Yeah. So I totally like understand that part of it where you're not really like focusing on anything or like looking, you're just like in and out. Yeah. Cause you're not expecting anything to be happening. Exactly. So, so he saw his brother, um, his stepbrother in the home this morning and, um, it was, I'll get to, to that conversation later that'll come up later okay yep so Devin pauses his video game and makes his way to the main level of the home where like the kitchen and the living room are yeah assuming that he would likely find one of his family members here yeah like at least somebody (laughs) common area but nobody's around so he makes his way to the master bedroom which is on the same level of the kitchen like it's on the main level of the home okay and he opens the door so he sees his parents lying in bed, questioning to himself why they would both be sleeping at this time again. It's like one yeah. thirty in the afternoon at this point. Yeah. So this is when he walks over to his mom's side of the bed to wake her. And he's, as he's getting closer to the bed, he notices that the comforter is pulled up over like his parents' over, heads. Oh. Yeah. And oh I read that this was like a maroon comforter. Okay. So... Just dark keep that in mind. red comforter. Yes. Dark red, like some other things. Okay. Um, so at this point, Devin doesn't know what to think, but he's definitely like, this isn't normal. normal. He's yeah. kind of weirded out. So he calls out to his mom and she doesn't answer. And then he tries to wake her by touching her foot that's like sticking out of the comforter. This doesn't invoke any response. She is not waking up. Was she like cold? 
This is when he pulls the covers down and sees that there is blood all over his mother's pillow. Oh. Yeah. Where's her face? Initially, this frightened him. But then, Devin quickly remembers, it's Halloween. Like, this is totally a fucking prank. Like, my family's pranking me. Yeah. This ain't real. But it didn't take much longer for Devin to realize that this This was not a prank. Yeah. And he pulls the comforter down even more and realizes that his mother, 46-year-old Susan Liss, and his stepfather, 53-year-old Phil Liss, were, in fact, dead. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Devin freaks out, and he runs out of the house, and he makes a phone call to his Aunt Lori, who then calls 911 for him, and she rushes to the Liss home. And, like, why wouldn't he call 911? 16 year old he's 16 kid. he's panicking he's gonna call the first adult you never trust and you never want to like i've never had to call 911 like it's i feel like i can't imagine how like scary it must be to actually have to call it is, 911 it is anxious when when somebody shouts at you to call 911 yeah so i can understand that fully as as a teenager yeah you know what i mean so when authorities arrive at the list home they are greeted by a pretty gruesome crime scene Police find Bill Lisk's body to be in a natural sleeping position, um, and he had been shot five times in the head and face, and police conclude that he was shot from a range of only one to two feet. Oh, shit. Assuming that he must have been shot when he was asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucking point blank. Oh, yeah. Susan Lisk was shot three times, and her body was in a position that looked like she could have been moved after being shot. Okay. Um, And this may think that she was awoken by the sound of her husband being shot and probably sat up in bed yeah and then she was shot after and then put back into like a sleep-like position um and then the the covers lifted back over their heads and it was concluded that the gun used was a 22 caliber okay um so now this is when authorities start to wonder about the rest of the family where is Devin's older brother Derek where is his stepbrother BJ or stepbrother BJ uh, BJ wasn't actually living in the home at the time, but Derek was, so police made their way up to Derek's room to find the door locked. So the door eventually had to be forced open when Derek didn't answer the knocks at his bedroom door. Um, and this is when they find 23-year-old uh, Derek Griffin laying on his bed, facing the wall, curled up in the fetal position. Oh, no. He had been beaten to death. What? Yeah. Parents were shot. Derek was beaten to death. The coroner wow. determined his, his death was caused by a blunt force trauma to the head, and he died within minutes of the first hit. Oh, shit. A claw hammer was found in the home, <gasps> and this is what was used as the murder weapon for Derek, at Ooh. least. However, the gun used to shoot Bill and Susan didn't match any of the guns that the family owned, as they had several. Um, there was a pond on the property with a small deck. Remember, this is like a 100-acre property. Yeah. Um, and the police found money footprints on the deck, and they thought that maybe the suspect had thrown the gun in the pond to try to get rid of it. Okay. After draining the pond and having the search dogs come in and sniff the area, the murder weapon was never found. Interesting. Okay, so where's BJ, the 24-year-old yeah. stepbrother? Um. He was quickly named, like, the prime suspect. Yeah, And he had quite the troubled past. Um, So he had a history of mental illness with possible schizophrenia. Okay. 
when his parents divorced, he began to mis- misbehave, act out. He began to skip school. Um, and then when his father remarried, BJ didn't like anything that came along with this. He had two new stepbrothers and a stepmother. And he felt that his stepmother was attempting to impose order in the home. Okay. Okay. What? what what's wrong with that, BJ? I, I don't know. Christ. I, I can Christ understand I... maybe not want to listen to somebody that's, like, not your parent who's trying to, like, make all these, like, rules. But also just, like, you yeah, live like, in their home. living in their home. Yeah. Um, so in 2002, his father had to call the police on BJ, who was 16 at the time, because um, he was threatening to harm himself. And when police arrived, BJ attacked him, like the police. Oh, shit. Which resulted in, in assault charges. Um, in 2004, he got into a disagreement, turned physical with his stepmother, and hit her in the chest. Oh, my gosh. And then he then assaulted her again two months later with a coffee cup. What? And he stole the keys to her car. Ultimately, the state decided to drop all charges against him because they felt that he was incompetent to stand trial. Okay. Um, and obviously, his parents are like, you know, he's our kid. Like, we got to, like, help yeah. him. Um, I also wanted to add in here that, like, the neighbors also expressed their concerns about BJ because many of them suspected that he had been killing their pets. Oh, ooh, yeah. I fucking hate that. Yeah, I fucking hate that. Um, so the assaults didn't end there. When BJ was 18, he attempted to attack his stepmother, Susan, again when she was showering. Like when you're vulnerable in the fucking yeah, shower. Yeah, like the most vulnerable. Um, this was the final straw for Bill. And for the safety of everyone in the home, BJ was kicked out. And he was sent to live in a group home in Sandusky, Ohio. So while living at this group home, BJ had the cops called on him three times. Not surprised. Yep. Every time Bill went to go visit his son, it just like never went well. And one of these visits ended in BJ and Bill getting into an argument turned physical. Um, given the circumstances of most of the family being murdered and BJ being nowhere to be found, um, it was definitely like people were getting suspicious yeah. of him. Like police, family, friends, everybody, neighbors. Um, so in the week leading up to the murders, BJ and his father actually went on a deer hiking trip. Oh. Or a deer hunting trip, sorry. Okay. Um he just wanted to spend some quality time with his son. Um, and the family owned a cabin that they often used while on these hunting does not trips. Seem like somebody that should be going hunting. I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna wait for you to say that. <laughs> yeah, I just, and I am all for hunting. I, I know normally I'm like a fucking socialist crazy person on here, but I am. I am for guns. I am for hunting. I think that hunting to feed your family is a a normal thing, but. I don't think somebody who's killing neighborhood pets and ambushing his stepmother to violently attack her in the shower should be holding a rifle and killing deer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they returned home from this trip less than 24 hours before the murders. Oh, my God. Um, And uh, all accounts say, like, the trip went well. So the night they returned home, they had a small gathering. Um, Typically... BJ was not allowed to stay the night at the home, but Bill had been drinking at this little gathering. Um, they come home, they had their neighbors over, and that's, like, how they knew, like, the hunting trip went well. Like, they were yeah. talking about it. Um, and, and 
Bill had a few drinks, you know, totally normal. You're drinking in your home at a small gathering. Yeah. And he was like, I don't feel, I feel like I've had too much to drink to drive you back to the group home tonight. It's too yeah. long of a drive. I'm not going to do it. Um, so BJ spent the night. Um, so like I said already, all accounts say that the hunting trip went well. And so did the party. No outbursts or incidents from BJ, which is good because okay. there's been lots of incidents, it seems, so yeah. far. Um, after Devin left the Liscombe that morning, BJ took his family's truck and drove back to the hunting cabin. After learning about the hunting trip, authorities knew that they had to go search for BJ at this family cabin. This is where they found him hiding out, and he was in possession of a twenty-two caliber rifle, as well as his father's wallet and cell phone. Ooh. His shoes and clothing were covered in blood. And he was quickly arrested and charged with three counts of aggravated murder. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So during his trial, he had pled guilty to all three charges and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He just straight up, I'm guilty. Yeah, I did it. I mean. Oh, my God. BJ really had no explanation for his motive. He just got up that morning and did it. Just wanted to do it. He just so woke up and just did it. Severely mentally unwell. Yeah. Um. I mean, before his sentencing, he did apologize for killing his father, stepmother, and stepbrother, and blame it and blamed his actions on his mental illness and Satan. That seems like a cop out. Yeah. Um. I mean, he clearly was like mentally ill, but like, yeah, the Satan clearly mentally like, ill. But to be like, oh, it's just because I'm unwell, and you know, because Satan. Like that's Sorry. no, no, like. So when police were questioning Devin, they asked him what he remembered from the interaction that he had with BJ that morning when yeah. he ran in to grab his church clothes. He couldn't remember much because you're not expecting anything to happen. Yeah, right? exactly. And, but he did remember that BJ was happier than he normally was. Ooh. Yeah, I knew you were going to hate that. He was also asking Devin where he was going and how long he was going to be gone. And police informed Devin that BJ had already killed the rest of his family at that time. At that oh time. My God. So why didn't BJ kill Devin too? He was in the house, there's family, he was on this hundred acre lot. He had every chance to, but I think and I heard this too, like from other podcasts and like stuff, like he was like, Oh, I'm going to church, like I have choir practice, like, like whatever. People expected him to people be somewhere. People are expecting me. And did he drive himself or was he Um I don't did, know if did someone drop him. He off? was sixteen, so he could have very could have well. either been driving himself or it could have been with his grandparents. So like if his dad like or his dad, was, yeah, yeah. If his dad was like outside waiting for him in the car. Yeah. And they were going to church together. Yeah. Like that would not have yeah. been a... Or if you're sixteen, you are depending on the state, he yeah. could have already had his license. So yeah, he could have. Um but so yeah, I think way, it was because it he was he was expected somewhere. Yeah, that if he didn't show up, it would raise questions. Yeah, and then it, he would have had less of a chance. Yeah. To, to get away. So, um, BJ took his own life in prison on March thirty first, twenty fifteen. He was found dead in his cell at the Ross Correctional Institution from a self inflicted injury. Oh, jeez. Well, like I said um, he was twenty nine years old, and that. Is oh, basically it. Poor Devin. I just hope that fucking poor boy can, like, you know, just is living an okay life. Like, I hope he's okay. This was in 2010. So this yeah. was almost this was 13 years ago. Yeah. 
Um, so he was 16 at the time. He's 29 He's an adult now. now. Yeah. yeah. I just so. hope he's doing all right. Yeah. I mean, you that's lost just, your That's whole a lot. I'm sure he's not okay, but like, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I yeah. hope he's. It's one thing to have like your whole family murdered, but it's another to like fucking find. Yeah, to find them. And also to have it done by a, like a, a sibling, even a step sibling. Like, that's, that's just, that's a lot. Yeah. That's fucking wild. Yep. So that was our little Halloween murder. There was, again, there wasn't much on it. Um, And how crazy it was and how semi-recent it was. I'm yeah. surprised, like, I'd never heard anything on this. Right? Um, But I, was, I just looked up Halloween murders and I was like, oh, ugh, all right. And decided to tell you all about it. I am honored that you told us this crazy story. This was wild. Yeah. So. Um, and a nice little break from the uh, Bridgewater Triangle series. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, not nice. Yeah. No, it's not nice. Nothing about this is nice. But it's fabulous. But, Nothing on here is nice. But, yeah. So, we got more Bridgewater Triangle stuff coming at you. We've got Amanda mentioned Boston Tea yeah, Party we got some coming with Amanda. At. Yeah. And I confirmed. I don't know if you um, heard us talking about it on, like, a previous episode. But it is, indeed, the 250th anniversary oh, of the, the Boston, Boston Tea, Tea Party. Party. So, that'll be a fun episode. Yep. And we'll do some creepy Christmas. Yeah. And maybe... I don't know. Maybe there's some like crazy Thanksgiving, like family fucking mass murder somewhere that happened. Probably. I mean, we already talked about someone poisoned the turkey a little early, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go into that again. But we'll f- I'll find some uh, some Thanksgiving murder. Thanksgiving. Jesus, that's the name of a horror movie. Stop it! I'm not watching. Is yeah. it a killer turkey? Yes. I hate it. Yep. It's, it's it. like Evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man, like those like really bad like culty. B-list horror movies. Not even, like, fucking D-list. Yeah, yeah, I'm not watching those. Sorry. Hey, well, it's all good. Happy Halloween. Eat lots of candy. Yes, watch Hocus Pocus in Halloween Town. And stay spooky. Stay scary. Stay safe. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.